hey guys welcome back to the pod it's austin uh, i got another episode this week uh, i have my friend ryan joining with me ryan and i have known each other uh actually it's crazy like coming on 20 years uh and uh ryan is an outdoorsman uh hunter uh, so I wanted to bring him on this week to talk with me about uh, kind of the differences between our two worlds, how this kind of you know overlaps, um, and and just have some some good discussion between uh, between viewpoints. How's it going? Hi. <laughs> so uh, real quick, uh, Ryan also runs uh, it's jreshirts.com, right? Yes. That's your yes. business. Uh, so if you guys out there listening, uh, if you need uh, shirts, clothing, apparel, uh, printing. Check it out, jreshirts.com. Uh, reach out to Ryan. He'll, he'll get you taken care of. Just started doing face masks and coffee mugs. Well, you pretty much got to do the face masks now. I feel yeah. like that's if you're in that kind of business right now, given everything that's going on, it's a that's a huge untapped market. Yeah, it's something I don't really go too crazy in. No. But I kind of well, have to. <laughs> I think, you know, right now it, it's just it's one of those things, uh, you know, it, it makes sense sort of to kind of get into it and then – hell the way things have been going in three weeks you could be oh well no masks aren't needed anymore so you're kind of yeah. you're kind of screwed i so i can understand that um and and hell even to that point you know uh with everything going on in the world right now that was and that was kind of why i wanted to bring you on was um you were probably one of the first people i talked to when i started getting into shooting um because i knew you were a hunter you're not huge in the the self-defense shooting world like mm-hmm. i am and that's because that's me um you hunt like mm-hmm. you your shooting has a little bit more i don't say because mine has purpose but yours you see like tangible results <laughs> um so how did you get started hunting i have been doing it my whole life okay so um, family yeah my my grandfather was hunter fisherman uh, my uncle my dad um and uh yeah like the whole family kind of just it was always happening you know we always were up north it was kind of like a holiday for us for thanksgiving we'd go go up for you know thanksgiving dinner and hunting season so is that like um is there like an age when you because i mean obviously when you're talking if we look at like the firearms piece of it mm-hmm. and i think you do you bow hunt at all yeah okay so if you're looking at like just firearms say i mean is there like a, an age range when you guys were introduced to that like eight or ten or twelve or something oh, or um, firearms and i i was probably introduced to that around like six or seven. Oh, really yeah okay like a 22 or yeah usually okay. like 22 rifle um bow same thing okay that's my next question i mean same age yeah roughly i, I feel like you know once you have enough uh relative maturity mm-hmm. to kind of understand what you're dealing with um well we used to spend my summers up north oh the whole summer really yeah my mom was a teacher yep so yep so you guys had plenty of free time going yeah. on so i mean like we since i grew up on jefferson you know the main road mm-hmm. not exactly like a place where you want to go play hockey in the street no so well we, i mean hey you could yeah <laughs> but um but we'd go up north because it was you know, we could do whatever there. It was a private mm-hmm. ranch. I'm a member there now. I own property there. Um, but um, we'd go up, stay there. We'd go up like a week after school got out, come back a week before school got in. So my okay. mom was a teacher, so she had the summers off. She was there with us. Yeah. And it's a hunting and fishing ranch. 
so that's yeah i'm sure so then you, that was pretty much your day in day out yeah, as a kid like, was hunting fishing everything oh yeah. in between like much. in the mornings i get up my good buddy kyle up there we'd get up at six o'clock go fishing and then we'd go to the beach there's a beach there and uh usually i remember it was like tuesdays were always uh the rifle range there was mm-hmm. a couple of old guys that lived up there they'd See, do that's, classes that's like kind of that's the thing i wish we saw more of today honestly yeah. and that's you don't even have to be looking at like an ar-15 you know because you don't you don't have with an ar platform right you have like no, a 30 30 lever action yeah right yeah no cowboy so, gun with a scope yeah <laughs> you know so it doesn't it doesn't even have to be about one of these you know quote-unquote assault weapons i just i think honestly uh right now as a society it would do a, a fair amount of good to kind of desensitize people a little bit to that just that fear of guns like when i talk to people about shooting for the first time like i've had family members since especially since all this happened reach out like hey i want to learn how to shoot you know and my one aunt came over and i gave her an unloaded pistol i said here hold this and she was super afraid of it like okay don't be afraid of it respect it okay understand what you're doing you know it's unloaded right if you're afraid like i feel like if people are afraid of something it's almost more dangerous you know, because you're more apt to make a mistake out of the nerves and the worrying and the what if. Like, I think if people were just better educated in general, we'd be in a much better position when we're looking at firearms and, and mm-hmm. hunting. Uh, you know, because that's, I mean, it all kind of rolls together at some point. I know when you get too far down the line, um, it, it's different. You know, people in the hunting camp and the self-defense camp you know yeah. it's totally different but see and that's the kind of thing like i wish we saw more of like i was never exposed to anything like that as a kid yeah i mean you gotta have the facilities and yeah and it's kind of tough yeah. like like you know i so said it was up there it was every tuesdays was at the rifle range with these old guys that had 22s so they would just kind of say hey come on out and we'll go shoot for an hour or two and then Wednesdays was at the skeet range. Thursdays was the archery range. It was same thing, See, just I guys have, doing it. I still need to get out and shoot skeet. I've never shot skeet, but I've heard it's a lot of fun. It, it is a lot of fun. It's difficult, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I... Uh, and you start to hurt after a while. Yeah, oh, I can only imagine, like, a shoulder, collarbone. Like, oh, yeah. That's, but it looks fun as hell. That's the thing. Is um, I think with with all firearms there's like there's a lot of, there's a large level of enjoyment with that you know oh yeah and uh i feel like if more people got out and experienced that yeah it'd be a little bit different conversation but um past just the shooting and stuff so uh you know if we were to talk about survival skills or just skills outside of that in the world um fishing you know we're mm. michigan's got the five great lakes right and there's i don't i know there's uh you know perch and you know all kinds of stuff out there we can eat if we needed to mm-hmm. right um i'll be the first one to say that i would if i had to catch a fish to survive i would probably die because <laughs> i i've been fishing like three times well maybe like five times in my life once was when i was five and then like a handful of times when i was dating a girl that lived on the other side of the state and that didn't really go very well i caught a catfish once so proud of it too and then that was good yeah but then i found out that's like you know what catfish eats right like I don't know oh, yeah. uh, other fish like no it's all the, the all the crap on the bottom I was yeah, like well, bottom feeders see now I feel like I, this isn't it like no you, I still caught it was like an 18 pound catfish this thing was huge you know what's really funny <clears throat> it's kind of off topic a little bit but there's the catfish they say it's you know the, the bottom feeders mm-hmm. you know what a sturgeon is I've heard of it a sturgeon they're they were prized because of caviar oh their eggs and stuff yeah 
and they were they they still are a big trophy fish but they're also they have the ability to live to be like 100 years old and one they're fish huge oh yeah and that's in michigan yeah they're in lake st Clair. seriously every now and then when you go out into the deeper ends like you'll see them they'll jump they they look like a shark they're crazy looking and i've got these like crazy like, little spines on them offline like man we have that in michigan oh yeah dude but these fish they're so funny because everyone like they prize these fish and they're like the greatest thing ever their mouth is literally on the bottom side of their of their body Oh, because literally, it, like, is like a vacuum. They they open up their mouth, and it's like it's like this tube, and they just go along the bottom and just vacuum everything. Literally up. a bottom feeder. Yeah, and they're prized because of their eggs. Yeah, it's, <laughs> people pay a ton of money for that. Yeah, and people go crazy about catfish because they they just pretty much eat anything. Yeah, like if you, if you get anything smelly, like I used to use um, chicken gizzard, put it on a hook, throw it out there, like let it sit in the sun for a little bit, and then. Okay, and no. that's what oh yeah dude see and that's the thing is that like this is the stuff i assume you picked this up from somebody at some point down the line to use stuff like that I, i'm sure it's in a book somewhere mm-hmm. i don't but that's the kind of thing like one of the things that that i've been let's take a, t- a step back <clears throat> looking at like everything that's going on right now right we don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, we look at the news and like the rioting and all like just the crazy shit going on. And I mean, let me ask you if we were to, you know, wake up tomorrow and I mean, that was happening here in Detroit or overflowing out of Detroit. I mean, do you have a plan? Um, like you got land up North, you going to take off and try and get away from it. Are you going to hunker down yeah, in the basement? I do have land up North. Yeah. So. You know, it's a private ranch up there, like I was talking about. It's um, you know, I my plan would be just to go there, yeah, and see what happens. Right, and that's you know, I think that some people are finally starting to look at that kind of thing right now, mm-hmm. and it's almost like it's too late. You know, if you don't, if you don't have a plan in place, it's not entirely too late. But I know for like a lot of people went out and like for instance, oh, I'm gonna buy a gun because I'm scared of what's going on. Well, jokes on you, you can't because you can't find yeah. them. Those those people are also the scary ones. Because they're the ones that they're going to go buy the gun. They don't have any education. They yeah. have no knowledge of really how it works. They they know how it works. Yeah, but <laughs> the bullet comes out of this end. <laughs> yeah, but it's like um, I can remember a long time ago someone said to me, like, oh, you have guns in the house. Said, yeah, and they weren't like a you know, anti-gun person. Mm-hmm. But they said, you know, would you use that? I said, oh, yeah, I would do it. And they're like, you realize you're talking about shooting a person. Well, and people say that, and it's like, well, okay. Do, I mean, and that's what I always come back to. It's like, okay, so you're asking me if I would, mm-hmm. not do I want to. Mm-hmm. And that's an important distinction to make. And, again, that's something I think that if it was framed that way more often, things would be different. You know, like I, I conceal carry. Mm-hmm. Um, does that mean I want to go out and shoot somebody? absolutely not <laughs> um it means that i'm just concerned for my safety you know i want to be prepared but that's all it is mm-hmm. i hope i go my entire life never shooting another human being you know like knock on wood like i don't i don't you know and same thing with you that's not saying yeah i i wish a motherfucker would yeah. like no <laughs> that's not what we're saying like, not at all like i don't want to shoot anybody no but i, I mean if it, i mean you guys got a little one in the house yeah. you know so if, if somebody that wasn't supposed to be in there was there and you're suddenly faced with making that decision i mean i think most of us would that's pretty easy like mm-hmm. yep i will i'll do what i have to do 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Do I want again? Do I want to? No. But I will. I mean, the guns are definitely kept in a place that they're not wide open. Mm-hmm. They're not in a safe with the you know ammo in a completely different room. And the, the you know I took the scope off and put that in another. Oh. No. Like I have the ammunition, especially right now, kind of things going crazy. I have the ammunition right next to the gun. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get to. Uh, every, you know, everyone in the house knows how to load well, it. Yeah, and that just that's just smart planning right now. You know, and I own multiple firearms as well. And um, it doesn't mean like I don't pile all of them next to my bed. I have one of them next to my mm-hmm. bed and everything else. Like you said, it's stored. You know, it's not out in the open. Like no one's going to walk into my house and be like, oh, cool, you got a rifle on the table. Yeah. Like, uh, no. But it, you know, otherwise, what's the point of having it for that purpose if it's not in any condition? It's like, here, um, I'm just going to throw this scope on this rifle and go try and kill a deer. Like, mm-hmm. well, you might have some trouble with that. <laughs> you might lot, get lucky. Yeah. But there's, there's a lot A lot of people think that, like, you know, because I use the scope and the, and the gun, it's actually really easy. I have missed more times than I have actually shot a deer. Oh, dude, there's... there's and I thought that that would be so much easier, <clears throat> like uh, rifle shooting, right? And, mm-hmm. it, and it is to an extent because you have a longer barrel, so there's a, you know, a, a two hands on it, a little bit easier. Um, but you really, when you start getting into long distance shooting, and I've researched this and, uh, you know, Sam and I have talked about it at length, you start getting into some really tricky stuff when you start looking at wind or oh, yeah. trigger pull or like, you know... Um, are you going to jerk the gun when you pull the trigger? Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. that. That Yeah, and it's it's stuff that, like you said, most people don't think it's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. This past year, actually, I was out muzzleloading. Not this past year, the year before. I was up in a tree stand mm-hmm. and had a deer come in, perfect shot, ready to go. And I didn't, you know, jerk the trigger and pull the gun out of the way. And I missed. Couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Could not figure it out. And then two days later... I was in the same spot looking out, and there was a twig <laughs> hanging down from a tree about 10 yards away. So, And I looked in the scope, and I could see where I frayed that twig. Right. So, yeah, just jerking the trigger the wrong way. Or, I mean, and there really is, and that's, you know, I just, there's so there's so many things to learn about it, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's why I kind of get offended. And, you know, we were kind of talking before we started recording. You know, I try to avoid the politics and stuff. But mm-hmm. when people just say, oh, well, it's just a gun. It's just, it's just. Like, I yeah, it's just whatever. It, but it's really not. You know, so responsible gun ownership, um, I think, gets a bad rap. Uh, and a lot of people, you underestimate, like, the hobby part of it. You know, mm-hmm. that's actually something I really want to get into is I want to get something in a larger caliber for just shooting distance. Mm-hmm. Like, what yours is what a thirty thirty? Yep. Yeah. See, I want to get in something like three oh eight, something up that size. I don't know. I'm not necessarily married to one idea or not, but like just the concept of having to do all of that, you know, think about the wind and uh, you know all of that, and just hit a target at like 150 yards or something. Mm-hmm. Probably couldn't do it right now. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, I might, but I probably couldn't. Yeah, it's just definitely a, a way different. And and when getting from target shooting to actually killing something mm-hmm. that's even more of a challenge well especially yeah i mean if you're you're looking at if it's moving at all you know mm-hmm. really but then yeah actually taking a life yeah. whether it's a deer i mean i don't want to like devalue the life of a deer but i mean mm-hmm. it's I mean, called what it is i used to have the whole you know used to think uh, if it's brown it's down type of attitude mm-hmm. if i see a deer i'm gonna take it um and i didn't really put 
much into target practice. This is when I was re- getting into bow, bow hunting. Mm-hmm. And that, you, you've got to practice all the time. See, and I, you know what, I've never even looked into that. Yeah, but I know a lot of people really like it. Yeah. You either like love it or you hate it. And it's definitely a challenge. Mm-hmm. And a few years ago, um, not more than a few years ago, um, I had to go up to the ranch for something, and it was in the middle of bow season. And I thought, well, I'll take the bow. Yeah, I'll go out, see if I can get to something. And I had a deer walk right up on me. And I <laughs> shot it. And I hit it in the shoulder. And it ran away. Yeah, it ran off. I saw the arrow sticking out of its shoulder. Didn't hit it very good. Mm-hmm. It ran off, saw the arrow fly out. Ooh. And then, uh, and I don't know if you ever knew that deer, they will make noises. Like, they can actually cry out. Oh, I mean, I knew they. there's, like, deer calls and stuff. I've yeah. never actually heard one, but like, I don't well, know. There's buck grunts, but does will actually, like, they'll bleat. I think I've heard that word before. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, kinda, it's, it's kind of an eerie sound. But it went down into this um, little valley, and I heard it bleat, and I thought, oh, maybe it died. I don't know. And I went down there, and it was laying in the bottom of this valley, and it looked up at me. Mm. And it looked (laughs) me right in the eye, and then it got up and ran off. Luckily, I didn't hit it that bad, and it, it lived. I found, like, a tiny drop of blood, so I shouldered it. It just went in, probably just went into a bone didn't really injure it too bad it lived but the sight of that deer looking at me Mm -hmm. like and if it could talk it would just look at me and say like what the fuck dude (laughs) like and it that ruined me i never wanted to take a bad shot again yeah i mean i guess i I could see that staying with you now is i don't know if you've been to the store or anything lately is it still difficult to find like right now um ammunition obviously firearms mm-hmm. ammunition all that stuff is really hard to come by unless you're paying a premium mm-hmm. um is it the same for like arrowheads and stuff or um um you know i don't know because um i i hunt with uh, a recurve bow okay so people call me dumb for that <laughs> what so what's what is a recurve versus like a normal bow a recurve recurve is a normal bow there's no wheels there's no you know, so recurve is uh, is quote unquote, like a quote unquote normal, yeah, and uh, the wheels a, is like a compound. Yeah, the compound is you know it's got the wheels and everything that, mm-hmm. on the top of it, um, or the cams, and um, there's just a lot of shit on it. Yeah, and it's really annoying. Like bow hunters, like I said, you love it or you hate it, mm-hmm. and bow hunters get into that stuff like crazy. Like you know Jake, our good buddy Jake, he's yeah. he's into it. And it kind of bugs me. At times. Well, and and I think it's the same um, a little bit with shooting too, right? Uh, when you see people that don't know how to shoot very well, um, and you have you get in these situations where you because I was this when I started too, you have more money than you do knowledge in a lot of instances, mm-hmm. right? So you're like, okay, well, if I just get a better grip, if I just get a better scope, if I just add a laser, if I just yeah. use better ammo, if I just you know I need a different gun, you know, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, a lot of all those things will help, right? And I'm not, and that's not like a, a dig at Jake because I don't know how he is with a bow either. He's but, actually uh, really good. But I mean, a lot of people will jump towards all the, the kitschy cool stuff because it's like, well, dude, I saw that guy doing it. Dude, he he kills. Like mm-hmm. he's awesome, man. Like I need that. I gotta have that. Otherwise, I'm just I'm not gonna be as good. And I'm like, 
you know, like I said, I went through that whole phase, you know, like, oh yeah, I was like, yeah, I need to have this. And then I talked to people that are like great shooters, good shooters. And like, dude, you don't, you don't need that. Is it cool, man? Like, yeah, it's definitely cool, but you don't really, you don't need that. Like here, let me take this gun out of the box and like Sam does it and it kills me. Sam's a great shooter, mm-hmm. but he'll, he bought us like a standard stock, like Smith and Wesson first, like 200 rounds through it. Awesome like a two inch grouping at, I can't remember what it was. And I've got, you know, a uh, trigger job and uh, aftermarket sights and a different barrel in mine. And he's out shooting me. Oh, yeah. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> you know, and it's one of those things like, okay, well, A, I just need to practice, but B, I just wasted all this effing money. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for what? You know, you really, I mean, like you said, it's cool. And if you like it, it's a hobby, whatever, but. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the more you get, it, it won't like, I heard my, uh, my uncle say it cause he's, kind of that way he he likes to get into the the stuff the the cool stuff mm-hmm. but not as much but he's he'll, he'll say it and he's at the bullet you know out of two different guns with all the different stuff you know, the bells and whistles you know they they still do the same job right so it doesn't matter it's just the person behind so the i mean gun. so with a recurve then because it, it i mean is the there is a little bit of a difference when you're talking bows yeah, is it, so is the arrow going to move slower than with a recurve? Oh, yeah. Are you going to have to, uh, I mean, obviously it, it's still going to get the job done. Or I'm sure you wouldn't be hunting with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you, I mean, is, is there like, uh, do you have to make any compensations for that or something? Or is it basically just, it's just a little bit more difficult to yeah, hunt with? Yeah, um, well, like there's, you know, there's like the crossbow. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much like a weak rifle. I've heard of guys at 60 yards away, and they get a pass-through, which pass-through is the, the bolt went all the way through, all the way through the deer. And the deer At 60 yards. That's stupid. <laughs> and the deer will, is that, and that's going to put them down, or oh, they'll, yeah. they'll run away? They'll, they'll still run away a little bit, but. Okay. But, yeah, they got the, the and with a crossbow, the arrows are called bolts. Yep. So they got it to pass all the way through. Compounds, not as strong. But still, getting you could still get a good pass through at thirty, maybe to fifty yards. Oh, I've heard I've heard like uh, stories about some of that kind of stuff. Like uh, like we do with defensive shooting, we talk about dry firing a lot, right? Mm-hmm. You pull the trigger. You, you want to simulate that trigger pull, or we can work on target transition, whatever. But I've heard stories about people dry firing bows and just like the bad shit that can happen because yeah, they're not you don't they're not yeah they're not designed to, to work that way. But then like you're talking about a pass through at sixty yards, mm-hmm. you know, and it and it brings back into the discussion um, again some of the knowledge and the education that comes with this stuff. Like you have to understand it's beyond just pulling a trigger. Like you oh, were yeah. saying, you know, like you have to under it's just the same thing with hunting versus self defense, uh, gun versus bow, whatever. You know, uh, I've had people like, oh, well, I have a 12 gauge shotgun. I'll just put a slug through somebody, and they're the home defense things. All that's all settled. I don't need to worry about it. It's like, well, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, but is that what if it keeps going? Or what if you miss? That's also going to go through the drywall into the next room, and probably the next room. And if you have a siding house, that might go in your neighbor's house. Like, yeah. it's all stuff you got to think about. And when you're hunting, I'm sure it's a similar consideration. Like okay, this, this deer's 20 yards away. I, what am I going to do if I shoot this thing wherever with a, you know, 30, 30 or three Oh eight versus, you know, what the bolt's going to do. It's, mm-hmm. there's a lot to it and I really don't understand a ton of it. Um, Oh yeah. With, uh, like I've had that with, um, hunting with the rifle, uh, had, had a deer pop up one time 
and the gun was on it. I was ready to pull the trigger. I knew Dad was somewhere on the other side of that deer. I couldn't see yep. him, but I knew he was at least he was at least uh, about a hundred yards away. So, so I mean, could it have been fine? Yeah, but it could have also been not fine. Yeah, disastrous. <laughs> so, yeah, that's one of those things, and that's. It's honestly, it's one of those things that people, I think, just don't think about all the time. No, you know, you have to be be aware of it. (laughs) Well, and that's, um, you know, Sam was talking about when he, like, he was in the military, uh, he got sent to special schools for all that stuff because, I mean, obviously, hunting human is a little bit different than hunting deer and everything, Mm -hmm. but like, he spent like a whole week. Uh, of like eight or 12 hour days or something just learning okay you're in a building this is how you have to think about this and where even where are you going to put your gun that's a safe direction is it going to be up well no we might drop somebody on the roof so where are you put it then down no there might be somebody on the floor underneath you you know so there's just there's a lot to it that i think people forget sometimes yeah definitely and um it is is kind of unfortunate now like with hunter safety if you're going to hunt you have to take hunter safety Mm -hmm. so and is it like concealed carry class where it's like they covered the bare minimum to cover themselves legally and that's it with yeah. minimum education? If you go to some of the places in the rural or not in, in the city areas, mm-hmm. um, when I had mine, I was 12 mm-hmm. and it was a week long. I think it was a week. It was a week long course, uh, eight hours a day. So do you, you got yours when you were 12. Do you have to uh, like re-up it every four years or anything or is it no. just... Uh, you just take it once and you're good forever. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> How does that make any sense? It really doesn't. <laughs> well, because so for concealed carry licenses, we get it. It's good for four years, and then you have to take the refresher course. And um, it's honestly one of the things. Like, I'm not big on any gun legislation, to be honest with you. But it is one of the things I see the most value in is if you want to be able to carry concealed. You should definitely have to take the class. And I actually think it should be more expansive. I'll be honest with you. I took this and it was during lockdown because I didn't want it to lapse for my birthday. Um, and it was, I want to say, it was supposed to be three hours. It ended up only being me and my brother <laughs> and the instructor because he didn't have anybody sign up. Um, but it took us like two and a half hours. And the guy was, to his credit, we went through a company called um, Detroit Arms uh, out in uh, Chesterfield, Michigan. They did it all through a, a Zoom call. Uh, very knowledgeable guy, NRA certified instructor and stuff. Um, but we even said on the class, you know, this really isn't enough. It's enough to update you on any new law changes and stuff. But when I took my class the first time, I had to put 20 rounds, which is less than half a box, on an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper at like 10 feet. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I'm like, that, that's it? There's no, like, they didn't walk you through how to load the gun or how to clear a malfunction or how to sight properly or, you know, most, like, it was the very bare minimum because it was one eight-hour class. I had way more than that in my 12-year-old hunter safety. See? And you probably, and you're starting, and because hunting, hunting's not dying, but it kind of is. Like, popularity isn't what it used to be, Mm -hmm. you know, because now people aren't going up north for their weekends or if they are it's like yeah let's go up north and the kid sits inside on his freaking ipad oh yeah it's not a very you got to work for it if you're going to hunt something you got to work yeah there's no um like uh immediate reward or you know what i mean like yeah you have to work for it and even if you do see get lucky enough in your first hour you see a deer you may you're probably not going to hit it the first time like like you know it takes Mm -hmm. practice you know and we were talking about the show on before we started the meteor show Mm-hmm. And there was one episode where he took his buddy's dad to Alaska, 
before he became too old to do it and took him on a moose hunt. See, that sounds cool. And it was, you know, they had, they planned to be there. I think it was like six or seven days Mm -hmm. of literally camping out on top of a mountain. And every day you're trying to get the moose. Right. And they just happened to come (laughs) along the moose the first day. And his buddy's dad got the moose and the host of the show comes running over and he he was actually mad. He's like, where's the suffering? (laughs) <laughs> like, where's where where is it when we get to day five and we haven't seen a single living thing other than the people with us beginner's luck right yeah and you have just got it like so to that point um now do you know how to like gut and clean a, a deer and everything i know mm-hmm. there's like processors that do it and stuff but i also know a lot of people do it themselves yeah i do it all myself you do it yeah so, okay, so yeah, I mean, in a situation where you had to leave then, you'd probably be okay, right? Hunting, fishing, mm-hmm. as long as you, well, yeah, I mean, because it's a hunting and fishing ranch, right, where you said where you go. Yep. So, I would imagine there's at least a moderate deer population. You'd be okay for at least a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because one deer is enough to, and I and you have to forgive me, because like I said, I'm not a big hunter. I don't know. I assume there's a lot of meat there. <laughs> yeah, uh, see, I got two this year. Uh, so, I think I got... The first deer was around 180 pounds. Oh, wow. That was, you know, after I gutted it, mm-hmm. hung it up on a scale, and it was 180 pounds. And then I th- I want to say I got, like, probably around, like, half that is, is meat. So that's about 90 pounds. That's, that's pretty good, yeah. honestly. And you can do a lot with that. I mean, like, steaks, uh, you know, I've heard jerky or... Mm-hmm. Uh, sausage, if you know how to do, you know, sausage and stuff. Yeah, I did uh, some sausages. Here. I still, I've never had venison. <laughs> it's like on my list. I, you yeah. should have told me. I'll bring you Dude, some. The, that's the, you know, I went over, uh, it was at our friend Jake's house for the 4th of July, and he's like, what? Never had venison? Why didn't you tell me? I would have just made that instead of the burgers. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm actually kind of embarrassed that I live in Michigan and have never had <laughs> venison, but it's just one of those things, you know. You're not the only one. There's a lot of people that have never had it. And I think, again, that's just because culturally... Yeah. hunting is getting you know less and less of a you know I, I, which is sad and honestly mm-hmm. i think i might start i might like want like really look at uh starting to hunt get mm-hmm. into it do some research see if it's something like because it sucks you know like uh you know for all you guys listening that aren't in the michigan area um the upper half of michigan which we call uh up north <laughs> is basically i want to say it's not unpopulated but it's scarcely populated and there's tons of good hunting up there i know we have obviously deer uh i think in the upper peninsula we have do we have elk we have elk in the lower do we have it in the lower yep you know put in for a tag every year oh i think yeah that was the one i was reading you have there's like a lottery right yeah they only give i think they're still at 200 tags a season see and that's that's probably smart honestly because i could see that being one of the things people come into michigan to hunt oh yeah and then there's none of them. Well, elk were actually eradicated from the state at one point in the late 1800s. Oh, really? Yeah, they're completely eradicated. See? I was right. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the elk that are here are not native to the state. Oh, they were, like, transplanted yeah, and were regrown the population. from Colorado. They were well. brought in. So, and the population, I want to say it's around, like, 2,500. And you can you can eat elk, right? That's not Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Cool, because I know some people hunt, you know, they hunt just for trophies or, like, the, the racks and everything. And mm-hmm. I'm like, 
I get it, but at the same time, it's pretty wasteful to like. Yeah, that's elk is actually is really good, and you get probably like triple the amount that you'll get from a deer because they're pretty. They're pretty big. Oh right? yeah, yeah, they're they're giant. Do we have? This is gonna sound dumb. Do we have we have moose in Michigan, right? In the Upper Peninsula. Yeah, they'll be up there, and you can hunt those as well. I don't know if you can hunt them in Michigan. Really, I've never really looked into it because not really. Going don't up make to the it upper that peninsula. far up north. Yeah. Well, we used so, to uh, every year. We used to make up to Charlevoix, but yeah. for totally unrelated reasons. <laughs> oh yeah, but I mean, they they are up in the the Upper Peninsula, and I know there's um, an island off of the Keweenaw Peninsula that is actually they have a problem with moose there. So it's a hell of a problem many. to have. Yeah, they're actually trying and that's to put... Keweenaw. That's that's like Traverse City area, right? Is it Keweenaw? Or, I'm sorry, sure that's Leelanau the is the one that's up where the wineries are, I think. Yeah, Keweenaw, Copper Harbor, all the way up in the UP. Oh, okay. So, so there's an different. island off of that in Lake Superior. And they have a problem with moose? Yeah, they're, they're going to try and put uh, wolves in there to try and... Why don't they just do another lottery for like, you know, five tags a year or something? I'm sure somebody would drive up there just for the shot at, uh, you know, plugging a moose. Yeah, there's a lot of weird things in the DNR. Wow. You know, and, and and that's honestly, and it's just like everything else in the world seems like is that the more that the government starts to try and regulate things or get its finger in it to make money off of it, the worse some of the stuff gets. And it's sad. Honestly. Yeah. The, the government does really kind of get in the way of, at the same time, they do a lot of good things. Mm hmm. Because um, he said, like, elk at one time were totally eradicated. Uh, there's definitely been the positives there with the yeah. environmental protection and stuff. But it just it seems like when you get to the administrative side, like hunting licenses and tags and things, that there's just so much BS and red tape that you have to work through that it's yeah. it's discouraging to people that aren't at super avid hunters. They make things very difficult. It's yeah. Very, like, you have to... I try to read through the, the Hunter's Digest every year. Mm-hmm. And I... I usually don't make it. One, I don't like to read. <laughs> yeah, it's well, and stuff like that. It's pretty dry too. Yeah, like it's it, like it's really hard to understand. Might as well just like you know crack a thesaurus. And like, well, I'm gonna see if I can read all the way from the front to the end. Like, mm-hmm. No, honestly, I I started reading uh, during lockdown, and I've like I used to really like reading when I was in like middle school and stuff. Um, basically, until the time I met like you people, uh-huh. I got I got involved in uh, band and stuff. Stupid um, stuff. But I, I'm like I'm on my eleventh book. Like, I've been mm-hmm. reading a ton, mostly because I think, like right now, it's important to just keep yourself occupied. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you work from home and have your business and everything, so you're working because that's what you have to do, right? But when I'm sitting at home, um, I punch out at five o'clock on my laptop, and it's like, okay, well, I can't really leave work. Like, I need to do something, even if I can't leave the house. You know, reading something that's going to mentally engage yeah. me. Otherwise, you just lose your damn mind. You know? Yeah. Um, but kind of getting back to it, you know, so if, if you ever had to leave, you're in pretty good shape. Um, I try to think so. I mean, I try to do things too, that are more challenging Mm -hmm. in order to, I wouldn't say it's so I could be better and be more prepared. I kind of look at it as more fun. Well, sure. You know, like I said, I hunt with a recurve bow. Mm -hmm. Pretty much you got to be in throwing distance from whatever you're trying to kill. Yeah. But I mean, it's all relative, yeah. you know, and this is all, that's why I, I, I still understand some people and that's not a, not to take a dig at anyone. Like, I mean, I, I video game, you know, mm-hmm. but like some these people and that's like all they do. And then stuff like this, it starts happening in the world and you kind of start looking at things a little bit differently and you start thinking like about the what ifs. And, um, 
you know, I said it in one of the first couple episodes, you know, I, and I don't know if you've had people approach you now that things have started down this road that we're seeing right now, like, oh, hey, man, you know, when, uh, when shit hits the fan, uh, you got me, right? We're going to go up north together. Yeah, you know, or, yeah, you know, I had people tell me, well, you know, because I own firearms, like, well, I know where I'm coming. Like, well, yeah, I mean, I want to help whoever I can help, but I also got to make sure I can take care of who I have to take care of. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really the thing, like, uh, it, it's great. I love when people ask me questions. Mm-hmm. I will one to the, with the caveat that if you want to learn, I love that you ask questions. If you want to have a meaningful discussion, I'm happy that you ask questions. If you want to uh, ask me a question with the point of inciting an argument on social media, then that's kind of where I draw the line, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much what we see. We talked about this. Uh, you and I talk about it a lot because you know, we have some friends in common that are really good for this. <laughs> they mm-hmm. just they want to just argue to argue. Yeah, it's like, dude, find something else to do with your time. <laughs> you know. Oh and, yeah. I definitely like you say like people asking you like oh you got my back right and like oh yeah sure whatever I don't like you know Jake I've talked you know, him and I when everything started to really hit the fan with the virus and mm-hmm. the riots and everything uh, him and I kind of talked about you know doing certain things you know like hey you got the car packed and like eh, yep oh, I, I, maybe well and that's not that's not just, like that's not a bad plan you know like no. I kind of I. Uh, it's going to be a future episode. Something Sam and I talked about is you kind of have like your network figured mm-hmm. out, you know, and it's one of those like, it's like one of those plans that you silently have put together that you never talk about or, you know, you ever think you're going to need to. But I mean, I get off the top of my head. I think of, you know, five or six people I know that either that, that I would reach out directly for, a you know, um, whether they're a doctor or an EMT mm-hmm. or they're a hunter or they have land up north or they're a mechanic, or, you know what I mean? Like, people have different skill sets outside what yours is, so that if you were to get the, you know, 10 or 12 of you together or something, you can sustain longer based off of everybody has, like, like I can't cook. Mm. I know my ass would die, <laughs> you know? So, uh, thankfully, my wife can, and she's done a lot of, like, research into prepping and food storage and stuff like that. So, okay, that that's plus one, you know? But I, I ain't a doctor, Mm-hmm. You know, I know basic medical stuff. If I were to shoot myself in the leg or the arm, I can apply a tourniquet, um, you know, stuff a wound. But I, I, I don't know how to do sutures or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just good to have a, a plan, even if it's kind of just something cobbled together in the back of your head that you're like, oh, I'm definitely going to call this person. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you have to have something to offer. It's just like a trade. You know what I mean? Like, here, yeah. I can come join you. I have either, or even if you have a skill set, like if you have a, Hey man, look, I can't do a whole lot, but I have a shitload of ammo and food. It's like, well, <laughs> then come on up, buddy. Yep. <laughs> you know, you have to have something to contribute. And uh, like I said, I'm I'm happy to have the discussion with people, but uh, and I don't know if it's been the same for you, but most of the ones that reached out to me are the ones that have not quite as much to to offer up. And if it, like I said, I want to help anybody I can. Yeah. You know, and I think most of us in, in this particular mindset or uh, lifestyle are the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty good natured, but it's like you got to, unfortunately, it comes down to you got to pick and choose your where you can and can't help. Yeah. I mean, I've had people come, like reach out, but they're all kind of in the same boat as me. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of more or less just checking to see, like, hey, you got that. <laughs> that gun ready to go you okay yeah <laughs> in case shit hits the fan like, yeah sure do one funny thing that did kind of happen is when everything was getting locked down and people were clearing out the grocery stores um like i said i got two deer this year sure and um i i hunt to fill the freezer 
mm-hmm. and then I'll go for the trophy. Yeah. Um, and Jake, he's it's funny. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> when everything started to get locked down and he couldn't really find meat, and he was like, yeah, that, that one small deer I passed on looking pretty good right now. Right. Like, <laughs> like automatically regret the decision to yep. not go for it. Yeah. Because and, you guys, uh, you only get X number, uh, X tags or whatever per year, right? Yeah. So if you bag a super small one, like, that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. So then if you 10 minutes later find an eight point or something, you're like, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> should have let it go. Yeah, you got a, well, I mean... Depending on where you hunt, uh, you can get more. Like if you're a public land hunter, um, it's really difficult to get multiple tags. Uh, if you're private land, uh, which I have some area down here that I hunt in Richmond, mm-hmm. and on private land, well, private land through the state, if you have permission to hunt that private property, you can get five deer. Now that doesn't go for the property, that goes for the state. So let's say like I have my private land up north and mm-hmm. the private land I hunt down here. That's I can five take, between the two of them? Yeah, between the two of those, I can take only five deer. How does that... If it's private land and it's owned by somebody, how... Uh, see, that that just... Because you can, still have to get a tag. You still have to get the tag for the private land. Okay. And, you know, they don't... You don't own the deer. Well, okay, yeah. No, that, <laughs> that so makes sense. You, you can take more on your property... But you can only take so many, so yeah, you can only. So I can pretty much get like a maximum of probably sixty. I like reading those hunters digest. It's really confusing, but I would never really take six deer throughout the season. But I'm pretty sure you can take six, so you can get your five if you really max it out. Yeah, your your doe tags, which there is a lottery for doe tags when it comes to public lands. Okay. So like different areas have different quotas. Oh, just given population and yeah. stuff like that. Like you can get a doe tag in Macomb County. Pretty sure they only get about fifty. I say, where are you gonna? Is that for rifle or is that bow? Yeah. I don't even know where you're gonna hunt around here. That, um, two places. That's yeah, a twenty-five yeah. mile in Gratiot. There's a little. Oh, so like right at the edge of Macomb County yeah. before it turns into what St. Clair County? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right there. There's three hundred acres. Right there, I've hunted it multiple times. I've never taken anything out of it, but I've come very close. I was going to say, that's pretty close to, to home. You probably make it out there in, what, 25 minutes or so? Oh, yeah. It's right off the freeway. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Yeah, and there's another one at, like, 26 Mile and Omo Road. It's a lot bigger, mm-hmm. but I try not to go. There's too many people. Too many just, yeah, and that's the that's the scary part, too, and we see a lot of that in the defensive shooting world. Um, it was the last time... It would have been like Valentine's Day. It was the last mm-hmm. time I went to the range because um, I knew I was going to have to, you know, renew my uh, my CPL and you're supposed to shoot annually at least X amount of rounds. Things were starting to heat up. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just, A, I like going, but B, I, I want to make sure I take a picture of the target. So if they request it for my class, whatever, I can say here, this is what I did. But uh, you know, walk into a stall and uh, I don't know if you, last time you were at a gun range, but most of these places now they'll rent out um, they rent out firearms and of course on eight mile in the greater metro detroit area they have ak-47s and desert mm-hmm. eagles and stuff and your glocks and you know i'm i love my glock but uh the, the kids pretty much they, they were acting like kids a couple guys in the stall next to me the ak-47 um got thrown out because they 
a they didn't they never used the safety would be there you know waving it all up and down the place they walked out of the stall with it which is there's it's a huge no-no oh yeah you know and uh I like I freaked out for a second and like looked over to make sure the range safety officer saw it and then I was like okay fine he started like when you can hear the range officer screaming over your hearing protection that man's pretty pissed off oh yeah <laughs> um, and then you can hear him telling you I told you the last two times I'm like dude you gave him more than one opportunity <laughs> like mm. dude absolutely not absolutely not like um. I, I'm big on Second Amendment rights and everything, but then you see some of that stuff, and it kind of makes you think, like, okay, maybe we should have a little bit more. Because, man, it's just the stupidity of some people, you know, and they don't, again, they don't know. Yeah. Um, or they, and they don't know what they don't know. Uh, so they don't know how to shoot. Uh, they like that gangster lean going on and everything and um, get their face all down close to the gun, uh, which it's funny when they get hit in the face, you know, whenever mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, you'll never do that again. But at the same time, it's like, well, like I was apprehensive the first time I went, you know, so I was like doing research, like, how do I have to grip it? How am I going to you know, do all this stuff? I don't want to look like a fool out on the on the yeah. range in front of a bunch of, you know, grown men. Um, that stuff definitely scares me. So I try to go uh, to places and at, at times when I, I think there's going to be less people there. So I can mm-hmm. definitely understand out and hunting where because it's not like you guys uh you don't have like a beacon or a marker, so people don't know where other hunters are. Uh, well, during rifle season, you have to wear hunter's orange. Well, r- sure. So there is that, but but I, I have actually had an instance where I I hit the hit hit the ground, dropped down on the ground, and hoped that nothing was coming my way. Is uh, that area out there in Chesterfield, twenty five mile? Mm-hmm. I was hunting out there. I used to hunt there. I haven't hunted rifle out there since. I've been out there for bow a couple times. But I went out there. It used to be nobody out there. It was great. You used to see deer all the time. Sure. Um, but it was always def- tough getting a doe permit, so I could never really shoot him. Yeah. And if I saw a buck, it was really far away. And But anyway, um, the last time the economy took a dump. Yeah, about 10 years back. Eight-ish. Oh, 809, yeah. Uh, I lived right there. I lived five miles from there at 21. Oh, yeah. Yep, I remember that, that condo that you had. Yeah, I lived right there. I used to go there on my way to work and hunt for a few hours and nobody was over there but then the economy took a dive nobody was going out up north and then nobody or a lot of people picked up hunting because it was a way to get food sure and i remember going out to the same spot that i normally am in and i go out there there's a guy setting up his tent blind opening morning opening day of rifle right where i'm at it's state land so i'm like pisses me off but he was here first so i gotta move right so i'll go further down i go probably about about 150 yards away and then uh i'm on the edge of a field looking into a little dense forest area but there's a little creek in there and i see a flashlight coming up behind me it's early in the morning it's dark sure sure and i see a flashlight coming up in the field in the middle of the field just walking right through the field which and hunting, you don't want to do that. I was just going to say, I know, I mean, it's not like the animals are, I mean, there's still some intelligence there, and I know a lot of yeah. noise and light. Yeah, they pretty don't much like no nos. Yeah, so here comes this guy. So I took my flashlight and I just kind of flashed it at him, and he stopped right in the middle of the field, sat down on his little seat, and just sat there right <laughs> behind me. I'm like, God, guy, like, you could just 
leave. Yeah, go somewhere <laughs> you know? else. And not to mention too, like where I had my truck parked. Like I'll I'll get to that part. But um, so I'm sitting there. I'm like I'm not gonna see anything. I should just leave. And then light comes up. You know we can see and five rounds get racked off real close. And, and I that's said, I hit the ground. And that's like the limit in in Michigan, right? Like yeah. when you're hunting rifle, it's a five round capacity limit on a yeah. magazine. Yeah. So and he emptied it. <laughs> oh yeah, he emptied it. He definitely was hunting with a semi-automatic. It wasn't like you know you heard pow, pow. Yeah. It was pow, 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 pow. Like holy crap! I hit the ground. That's how close it was. I mean, it was making my ears ring. Ooh. And so I go to the guy that was sitting where I was at, where mm-hmm. I normally went. And I said, "Well, was that you?" He goes, "Nope." I was like, "Who was it?" There was another guy in between us. Oh, that neither of you guys knew about? Yeah, we had no idea. And so I said, well, that's it. I'm never coming back here again. Yeah, I wouldn't either. And, so. you you know, and with stuff like that, it just takes once, mm-hmm. right? You know, one, because that could have been that could have been way worse. Yeah, he know? got the deer. He got a four-point. Well, sweet. I mean. Yeah, I, look, <laughs> I looked over, and after I was talking to the guy, I was like, hey. He's like, yeah, here he is. And I could see the deer laying there. I was like, all right, well, he got it. Like, well, I'm out of here because this is a small area and there's four of us here right now. Yep. Thanks, so I'm out. And I go walking back to my truck, and which where I park, there's like one trail to get in. Mm-hmm. There's a creek, the trail, private property. And my truck's parked right there, and there's five cars around me. And then you're like, you guys are all idiots. Yep. Like, how do you think you're going to do it? Like, I was there early, too. The guy that was in my spot came in from another direction. So he was out there earlier. Yeah. So he probably came in from the other direction, like, either a little bit earlier or just, like, the same time I did and just beat me there. Like I said, I got there. He was setting up, like, his So a couple of minutes. So, yeah. yeah. He came in from another direction. But I go out to where I'm at, and there's five cars. I'm like, where are you people going? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't get in anywhere. You see one car, that's enough. There's someone in there. Yeah, you don't know where they're. You want to space yourself out a little bit. Yeah, like one, you don't want to ruin your hunt. You don't want to ruin that guy's hunt. Sure, get out of here. But then, I mean, obviously, it's probably then if there's two of you hunting the same spot, that you're lower. You decrease your chances of getting yeah. whatever you see because someone else is going to take a shot at it too. Oh yeah, and it's it's just completely unsafe. Yeah, safety's the like honestly, it's and that's you know going back to the hunter safety class and the, the concealed carry class. I cannot believe that there's not more stress put around that stuff or even uh to that point like if you're gonna own that stuff like you need it's it's a responsibility thing yeah you know like i talked about it on a previous episode owning a firearm is a responsibility you Mm. know so and that goes not only with um what you're shooting right but like everything that encompasses that too you know uh knowing how to work the weapon but then understanding like everything we just talked about you know Mm -hmm. for safety reasons where you should or shouldn't be uh i I don't want to use the word etiquette because it's not really the best word for it but it's kind of you know hunting etiquette shooter etiquette you understand it's is it safe to do some things technically are you an a-hole if you do it definitely Mm -hmm. um you know, we have uh, in in the defense shooting world, there's like muzzle brakes, right? And they, and I think you guys might have them for hunting, I'm sure too. Mm. But it, it throws all that gas straight outward, and it's supposed to help flatten the the barrel. Um, so for a follow up shot, uh, and just a little bit softer recoil. But 
in like the tactical shooting space, like if you have one of those, uh, especially on something with a short barrel, it's really over gassed. Dude, you're the biggest asshole in the world. Like my brother used to have one of his and he literally knocked the, like it took my box of ammo apart at the range and just the blow off from that break, like pushed the box of uh, the empty like boxes and paper and stuff I had on the, sh- the shelf, like eight, eight, 10 feet away on the ground from one shot. I'm like, dude, why? Why do you say, oh, this thing's pretty sweet? I'm like, no, you're an, you're an <laughs> asshole. Like, you don't yeah. need that, man. It's a 5.56. Five, it kicks like, it's like a 22. Stop it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's changed it out since, but he thought it was the coolest thing in the world when he bought it. I'm like, yeah, yeah great, whatever. Don't do that shit again. So people get irritated, and then, God forbid, you're in a situation with more than one person. It's like, okay, dude, it's just kind of fucking annoying. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. It's always funny in the hunting world, too, because, like, you, you hear about guys that get into arguments. It's like, don't piss each other off. Don't be that guy. Like you have a weapon yeah, in your no, hand. The other the, guy does too. Right. Like not the time or the place to get into it. Just walk away. Yeah. Like because if it gets bad, who knows what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Honestly, it just doesn't make any sense to do it. I that had way. a guy. I shot a deer and it ran on his property. I had to go ask him to go on his property and look for it. Yeah. And he denied me. <laughs> but not only did he deny me, but his first words to me were, "What the fuck are you doing here?" Because I, I had to go onto his property, knock on the door, and. Hi, dog. <laughs> and ask him. And he came around his four-wheeler from the other side of the house. He was outside. And luckily, I put my gun, like, I walked onto his property, put my gun against a tree, and then proceeded to go to his house. Yeah, that's probably the smart move. Yeah, but he didn't, like, he didn't look. He did nothing. Just came right, running around the corner. What the fuck are you doing here? Like, dude, you know I'm a hunter. Like, I'm wearing the hunter orange. I'm all done up. Like. I, I could have a gun on me. And I guess that's gonna... kind of why people like that live out there, right? Because mm-hmm. they just don't do well with other people. Yeah. It's kind of, that's shitty. I mean, it sucks because obviously you got the deer, but then. No, I didn't get the deer. Well, I mean, you hit it. <laughs> he yeah. got the deer. Yeah. You, you know, once he once you told him that you got it. Oh, yeah. He, he went, definitely yeah. went out to look for it. Like, oh, yeah. He did. You have some rough idea of where it was going and stuff. Like, no, you can't go get that. And then as soon as you left, he's like, I'm going to go get it. I'm gonna yeah. Go. Which is technically that's illegal. But Is it really? He can refuse you entry to the property, but he can't refuse you the deer. Yeah. But, but then you can't really get back on his property to prove that he refused you the deer. So. Yep. So doesn't really matter. No one's going to know. And now it's probably been food for... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, at least it, it became food for either him or a coyote or something. I don't know. Yeah, somebody ate it. It just wasn't yeah. you. Yeah. Whatever. I was mad. <laughs> but, yeah, man, um, thanks for coming on. Honestly, yeah. this is, like, way more information about... Like, I had no idea about half this stuff and, you know, hunting and fishing. And, like, we didn't really get too far into fishing. But uh, this is all stuff that I think plays into the whole being prepared Mm -hmm. uh concept and uh you know you don't have to be super well versed in in everything you know what i mean like just knowing a little bit about a couple things will get you a long way and you don't have to be you know like all into the the g was tactical stuff like i am Mm -hmm. you know you do just fine on your own and And i'm not crazy hunter either like i don't get too crazy with all the gadgets and gizmos and hunting I get. I have my stuff that works. You know, I like to stay warm, so I kind of I spend money on that. Yeah. But you know, and, I'd like to be comfortable. And that's one of the things that I've talked about on a lot of different episodes. Is you know, you do your research, you you figure out what works for you, right? Mm-hmm. You prioritize, um, and you know, if you're on a budget, which I think most of us are these days for one reason or the other, just prioritize spending. You don't need all that stuff. Uh, you can 
get by uh, if you just make good decisions. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, the biggest thing is to get out there and do it, too. Yeah. And I think a lot of people right now are uh, starting to look into it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and you know, if you're one of those people listening right now that are, are looking into this, uh, you can shoot us an email, prepared.mindset.podcast at gmail.com. Let us know if you have any questions. Uh, we'll, you know, definitely we'll do our best to, to answer questions. I might look at having Ryan back on in the future, you know, yeah. answer some of that stuff. So uh, that's all we got for you guys. And until next time, be prepared. <laughs>